Welcome to the Trusted Advisor Podcast, brought to you by Iroquois Group. Iroquois is your trusted advisor in all things insurance. I'm Edwin K. Morris. Today we're speaking with Charlie Venus, and he joined the Iroquois Group in January 2019 as its Vice President in Middle Market and Specialty. The former commercial lines leader for Brown & Brown of Virginia is a seasoned insurance professional who will help Iroquois members further develop their middle market and specialty insurance business. Welcome to the call. I I have a pointy little question, and it seems to be about these middle markets. Can you kind of frame us first and define what that is? What is a middle market to you? Well, that's an interesting question because, um, you know, the definition varies from a middle market in terms of what is a middle market account. It varies often by the agency and, and by the carrier. Some carriers define it by premium size. Some carriers define it by exposure units, such as payroll, number of vehicles, hmm. uh, revenue. And agencies you know, typically define it by, by size of account. Uh, for our internal purposes, you know, we're using roughly $100,000 in written premium to define the account. Uh, to define a middle market account. So it's not industry specific. It's not customer client specific. It's volume. Yes. And and like I say, there's a, there's just a number of different definitions out there, uh, whether you're on the carrier side or the agency side in terms of how you define it. And is there any regional definition to this too? Is there any regionality to that? Uh, there can be a little bit, and I'll give you an example. Um, I sit in Virginia Okay. And in Virginia, the the rates are extremely low. If I take an account here that's a a twenty five thousand dollar account, and I plop that account in Florida, in Florida it's a hundred thousand dollar account. In Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, it's probably seventy five thousand. If I go to California, it may be a hundred and fifty thousand. So just because of the rate variation across the country, because all, you know all the rates are done on a state level, the size of the account varies. Mm-hmm. So the consistency in this realm is that it's very inconsistent. I mean, there's a lot of variables and it's daunting, right? Right. And that's why so many carriers now at the national level define it based on exposure units because the rates vary so much from state to state. You can't compare apples to apples at that point. That's correct. So how does one break into this? You know, I'll give you, you know, just my observations based on my years on the carrier side and on the agency side. I think, you know, there's a couple of uh, givens from from an agency perspective that, you know, the agency needs to be, you know, number one, they need to be sales focused. Uh, you know, they need to be a sales organization, meaning hmm. the bulk of their producer's time is spent on sales related activities and not that they don't provide good or, you know, or even exceptional customer service, but that customer service is put onto the account managers and the account executives in the agencies, not on the producers. The producers need to be, you know, really focused on sales related activity. The other key thing is that the agencies that I've seen over the years that are mm-hmm. are truly successful are very niche-oriented, either at the agency level, the producer level, or both, meaning they don't try to be a generalist because they know that in order to serve their clients well, they need to bring a deep level mm-hmm. of expertise and knowledge to their clients. So they tend to focus on just three or four industries. Well, that makes sense because then it becomes uh, a very repeatable and predictable sell. 
Right. Uh, you're not trying to learn things you're not familiar with. Yeah. And then you, you go in there, you know those products, you know the coverages, you know the exclusions, and you know the carriers that you do business with on those particular in those particular industries. So you know their products well and yeah. you know what you're offering mm-hmm. to your client base. You have that continuum or con- connectivity to that carrier to have that expertise exchange quickly. And the other thing that can't be underestimated is when you're focusing on those niches is the relationship that you can build with your carrier partner and in particular the underwriters or underwriter that you work with. Because if a producer and an underwriter can develop a strong working relationship, uh, you know, they can do very well together. Do you got any crazy stories out there of folks trying to get into this market that kind of hit a big wall rather quickly? Well, there are a lot, yeah, there are a lot of people out there that, that hit that wall. And, and I think there are a couple of things that, that they don't do that causes that problem. You know, number one is, is, you know, that niche specialization because they go into it thinking they can be all things to all people uh, and they can't, yeah. you know, so that becomes a, a very big problem. And one of the next challenges is really defining their market territory, what they want to go after within those with those industries. So you can define the industry group that these are the four industries I want to go after, but then you have to define it by size. And, you know, again, that can be how many employees do they have or uh, what revenue size do they have? Because Mm. you want to pair that up with the, you know, the overall expertise of the agencies and the producers that you have. And if you can get the, you know, find out in your particular marketing territory, you know, what's available out there in the marketplace where, you know, there's say there's a lot of and I'll use Northern Virginia, for example, we have a lot of technology business. So we have a number of agents in Northern Virginia that focus on, on technology and associated with that technology is government contracting business. Virtually any market that you go into, there's a lot of construction. But within construction, you can have a variety of expertise. You can be focused on commercial artisan contractors or residential artisan contractors or general contractors in the commercial space or general contractors in the residential space. So again, it's really just, you know, refining those, you know, those niches that you're, you know, you're going to get into. So that's the existing stuff, right? So how do you stay ahead of the curve of what's emerging? For instance, cybersecurity, cyber threats, or is that not the same bucket? No, it's all the same bucket. When you speak about cybersecurity and cyber liability insurance, virtually every customer out there has a cyber exposure because they have a computer network. And, you know, the thing that really varies is how much customer mm. data do they have? You know, when you look at, again, contractors, contractors don't necessarily do a lot of business to business work over the over the computer where they or business to customer work where they have a lot of customer data but they still have their network and when you look at some of the cyber trends mm-hmm. contractors are one of the most attacked segments from a cyber hacking standpoint simply because they don't have a lot of controls over their network so they're easy to get into yeah. easy targets easy targets and and most small businesses fall into that, into that same category, that they don't have the, you know, the security measures to protect their network. So they're easy targets for hackers. One of the things that the, that agents that do well in middle market are really good at 
And that is in assessing the overall exposures of the account, not only on what we would you know, typically deem the main lines of insurance coverage, which would be workers' compensation, general liability, property insurance, auto liability, umbrella liability, uh, but they look at everything. They look at all of those things we just mentioned, but they also look at cyber liability. They look at employment mm-hmm. practices liability. They look at directors and officers liability. So they look at, they're looking at all of the exposures that that company might have. And they're not trying to sell them insurance for every one of those things, but certainly if they've got a meaningful exposure, you know, they're going to bring that to their attention yeah. and make sure that, uh, that they're protected if they need to be. It's all making sense. You've got to have, understand your customer, understand the need, understand what you can bring and understand how that facilitates to the customer need and coverage. Do you have a prime example of what right looks like in implementation? Well, I can give you an example. Um, and and this was a, this is a company that's a, it's a government contractor and all they do is accounting and auditing. So you would think that would be, sounds pretty simple, pretty straightforward in terms of what they do. But when you assess all of their exposures, uh, they're pretty significant. And just to give you a couple examples. So they're, they do nothing but accounting and auditing but the federal government, but they do a lot of this on an international basis. So they have people traveling all over the world. And so because of that, they have to have international coverage. They have to have international work comp, international general liability, some basic international property to cover those the laptops and personal uh, effects that uh, people have when they're traveling. Uh, they have to have uh, professional liability even though they're doing the work for the government, they still have to have that professional liability to cover their exposures. Mm-hmm. They have a significant cyber liability exposure because they're going in and doing audits of, mm-hmm. of government data and government payroll. And often they may have 75, 100,000 uh, government employee payroll records that they're looking at during an audit. And if that data gets lost or stolen or misplaced, that's a significant exposure. So, you know, just when you, even when you look at something that sounds relatively simple and innocuous, like, you know, an, an auditing company, accounting and auditing, just based on what they do in the, the contracts they get involved with, uh, there can be a lot of exposures that you wouldn't necessarily think about that they would yeah. have. And that, that's a continual chase. That review cycle and understanding where the market is and, and what the industry is doing and all the threats that go associated with it is just a constant, constant re-education. Well, and one of the unique things about this particular account was that, you know, it's a big company. They have a big 401k plan. So they have a lot of money in the 401k. Well, there's an exposure, a fiduciary exposure to the to the company the executives of the company because they control that 401k money for all of their employees. So they have to make sure that they have appropriate limits to cover if some of that money gets, if there's a loss to their employees from that 401k fund. Mm. Don't want to get into the details of what those losses might be, but you know they have to have a substantial a limit to cover their fiduciary exposure when they have that much money in the 401k plan. And again, it's not something that is going to typically jump out at in terms of the normal insurance coverage review. You know, if you're not going into that kind of detail. Mm-hmm. 
And that's where the expertise comes in. That, the, the expertise that's inside of your, your cranium at this point <laughs> of what, what, I mean, really, that's what we're talking about. Uh, that's critical information. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for being here to talk about this exciting topic. Well, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Trusted Advisor Podcast brought to you by Iroquois Group. Iroquois, your trusted advisor for all things insurance. And remember, get out of the office and sell. This program was recorded live at the Cohen Multimedia Studio on the grounds of Chautauqua Institution. I'm Edwin K. Morse, and I invite you to join me for the next edition of the Trusted Advisor Podcast.